Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of most all of my performances on Periscope. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, rate and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by the legendary Minnesota band, The Suburbs, from 1984. Backbone's connected to the neck bone. Neckbone's connected to the head bone. Headbone's connected to the headphones. Now dig the wood of the load. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, Episode 9. Thanks for tuning in, and hello to all the new listeners and subscribers. Y'all picked a great week to check out the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Great to see some of my longtime friends, such as the Erickson Clan and Bobby G and the fam. Looking forward to the next football party, guys. Thursday, the Mark Sterry Blues Band played my ninth annual Hacks Pub Christmas show in Milltown, Wisconsin. Great to catch up with some of our longest-running fans, Paul and Joby, and congrats on the new addition of Enos to the family. Friday, I played a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin. Kempers, Waylands, etc., etc. Thanks for all the support. Thanks also to the Gaffer family for hiring me all these years. Saturday, Brian Johnson and myself performed at Steve Merrill's CD release show at Rooster's Roadhouse in New Richmond, Wisconsin. I'd like to throw a shout-out to a few folks, such as Andrew, Bri Bri, Emily, Scrib, Lindsay, etc., for rocking out with us. It was fun and a huge success. Upcoming shows! Wednesday, December 16th, 2015, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. Thursday, December 17th, 2015, my birthday, what do you know? Brian Johnson and myself will be performing at Pier 500 in Hudson, Wisconsin from 8 to 11 p.m. Friday, December 18th, 2015, I'll be performing a solo show at Summerbee Golf Club in Byron, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Saturday, December 19th, 2015, I'll be performing a solo show at Trail Stop Tavern in Egan, Minnesota from 9 to 12 p.m. Guest this week is Hugo Clares, a true Twin Cities, Minnesota music legend. He's the drummer for the iconic Minnesota rock band, The Suburbs. With classic songs such as Love is the Law, Rattle My Bones, Music for Boys, etc., The Suburbs are one of the most beloved bands in Twin Cities, Minnesota modern music history. It's an honor to have Hugo on the podcast. Enjoy the conversation. 
Hello, Mr. Hugo Clares. Great to see you. Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thanks for meeting up with me, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're here in, uh, is it South Minneapolis? South Minneapolis. At the Sparrow Cafe. And uh, just enjoying a coffee here and some conversation about music and some of Hugo's adventures in live music biz. And Hugo was just telling me about um, his recovery from his back and how he's getting right back in the drums. And, and it's going good. Right there, Hugo? That's right. That's right. I had a little surgery and repaired some things that broke, and now I'm all better. I was discussing in my car, I was listening to my favorite Suburbs record was the 1993 Viva La Suburbs, and Hugo was just about telling me a little bit about that record, because I love it so much. That was uh, recorded over four nights by John Fields at First Avenue, and um, we took probably the best moments out of four nights and blended it together and um, <clears throat> I think it's one of the best live albums ever. Maybe even better than Frampton Comes Alive. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I think so. I think it sounds incredible. The energy, you capture the energy, the audience, and the playing is just incredible. And the drums sound really good in it, too. Yeah. It really was, good. It was uh, uh, John Fields mixed it uh, via through the board and... Um, you know, with the people at First Avenue, so um, we also have a videotape of it too. Really? Yeah. Um, it's video recorded. I was driving in the car and rocking out. My favorite thing, listening to your drum parts for the suburbs, is your is your uh, your fills. I just those sound great on there. We've uh, for thirty eight years they've been known as machine gun. Snare fills. That's what so, I was going to compare it to, was machine gun fills. That's, that's the, one of the first things I learned to do. And, uh, you know, when you do something well, you just kind of stick with it. Oh, it so. sounds awesome. Um, you guys had a big show at the Caboose around Thanksgiving, didn't you guys? Yes, we did. Um, how'd that go? That went really well. Um, as many people are aware of, uh, we lost Bruce Allen six years ago. And uh, Michael Halliday has been in <clears throat> suffering from uh, some rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, Beej has been having some problems of his own out in California. So we have Steve Price now on bass, Steve Brancic on guitar, and we just added uh, Jeremy Ilvesacker, and um, we probably have one of the tightest incarnations of the suburbs that there's been since the heyday. Okay. Um, you guys practicing a lot? you guys rehearse a lot for this show at the Caboose? Oh, yeah. We rehearse. Uh, we try to rehearse at least once a week. Um, it's Christmas now. Chan's doing stuff with the new standards and whatnot. So uh, it's uh, kind of slowed down a bit. But uh, we are in the process of putting the finishing touches on another album. The nice. follow-up to See Savage. So uh, we're hoping over, uh, you know, January and February that we get most of that finished and start working on artwork and uh, be ready for a spring release. Okay. I was going to ask you about See Savage. You released that in 2013, right? Yes. Yeah. And how, do you, how did your recording process change from a 2013 recording to like an old twin tone recording? Do you like it better now? Are you guys using Pro Tools stuff? Well, um, 
it's it's way way different now. Sea uh, Sauvage was a a real learning experience for me, where uh, I actually played to a click track, and I played with uh, a reference piano track and vocal track from Chan, and um, a little bass guitar, and so I would finish my parts and then basically everybody else would come in and um, do their stuff so one night when I got uh, we sent it off to New York Chuck's wiki mixed it and um, he sent back these mixes and I, I had goosebumps I, I had tears in my eyes because it was you know all I had heard was drums Okay. And a little scratch piano and stuff. And now there was horns and guitars. And uh, so it was, you know, it was a much different process. We sort of recorded that in the studio. The songs were written in the studio. This record, a lot of the stuff has been written already. We've rehearsed it a bunch. a kind of a neater thing for me was that we put a scratch drum track down and let Jerome and Jeremy is Jerome. Okay. Um, we let Jerome and Steve and Steve and Chan go in and do some vocals and some of their parts. And then I went in after the fact and recorded the drums. So it's got more of a band live okay. feel to it. And uh, so... Um, you can do a lot more now. Yeah. You can do a lot more. Um, ideally, this record will come out, and I've already been bugging Chan about, um, you know, audio, doing the next one on two-inch tape. Really? Yeah. The You know, the next record down the road would be going way back to the old days. That'd and be fun. It would be it would be really really fun. And um, where did you record this this uh, the 2013 record? Well, most of Sea Savage, all the drum tracks were done down at um, IPR in uh, Master Mix A and Chan recorded the grand piano down there and then uh, Steve Price has a studio above his garage over here in South Minneapolis. So a, a lot of the guitars and horns and vocals were done right over there. Okay. Um, do you have any other projects going on via suburbs or solo, uh, either performance or any other? Um, you know, not me. Chan is his new standards thing, and he also just uh, wrote the music for a play that was produced called Glen Sheen. Uh, about Congdon? Huh? About Congdon yeah, Mansion? Or yeah, yeah. It was very, very successful, and it ran for a month over at the History Center in October. Nice. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, I, for years, have been collecting notes and short stories, and um, I finally have uh, determined that... Uh, over this winter, I'm I'm going to make my best effort to finish a book about the suburbs. That is awesome. So um, that that's a big uh, to do thing on 
my list and uh, I figure it's cold, it's winter, I can just hunker down and do some writing and uh, I have some friends that are in the publishing business that have offered to extend any help they can to me and um, I think there's a I think there's a story there. How did you guys promote your shows back in the day? You guys it started in the '70s, correct? Yeah. How did you How would you go like nowadays? You're using a lot of social media and a lot of uh, technology-based things. How did you get the word out in the street um, back in the day? It was the street. It was totally the street. Uh, Bruce worked in downtown Minneapolis. I worked in downtown Minneapolis. Michael Halliday lived in downtown Minneapolis and Bruce was the graphic artist in the band. I mean, he did all of our album covers. Did he he did, he did the logo, didn't he? He he did the he did the logo. He uh every album cover, every poster was Bruce, everything. And Did he not do the Twin Tone logo as well? I think he did the Twin Tone logo. I don't want to take credit away from somebody, but I, I'm thinking he did. Um, I, I, I mean, he did a ton of work for them. He did a, a, some replacements covers. He did big hits of Mid America, hmm. which was uh, it was a replica of the earlier big hits of Mid America that came out in the '60s. But um, no, Bruce would just. The greatest thing about Bruce is you could say, "I got this idea," and 15 minutes later, Bruce would be like, this what you have in mind? And you're like, exactly. So Bruce worked for Campbell Methune. He would come up with these ideas. He'd print copies and hand me and Michael posters, and Michael and I would just walk all over downtown and uptown and staple them everywhere, just everywhere you could imagine. And it seemed to work. It worked. And, you know... something about when we played at Podani's and we weren't getting gigs and uh, suddenly more people were coming to our practice space on Friday nights that were going to the Longhorn and so the suburbs were super super lucky in a sense where it just exploded and and then there was Twin Tone you know let's make the red record let's make an album you know we could you know, uh, you want to make a double album? Sure, let's make a double album. You know, it was that nobody ever said no to us. It was, it was a, you know, um, you know, and social media is, uh, it's a, it's a neat thing. I, I, I take it so personally though because it's like. I thought the food fight thing was hilarious, and, and compared to Laverne and Shirley, it it didn't quite get, the, you know, <laughs> what I had expected it would get. And uh, Chan and I chalked that up to familiarity, you know. People understood Laverne and Shirley. People didn't really understand why we were having a food fight. But um, I've got more ideas. I've got some things, you know, for future gigs for the record um, you know all these little things I'm doing I'm thinking if if I ever get any success with this book and 
we get that out, then we'll make a movie. You know, that'd be we'll awesome. Make a movie about it, and uh, we have Do you all the music. Do you have some leftover footage, or oh, um, we some bonus tracks or some uh, screw up tracks or oh, something? Oh, we've got lots and lots of leftover tracks, and. Uh, Years ago, when we went on this tour, an East Coast tour, somebody borrowed me. It was a VHS camera, and it had like a 10-pound, 12-pound battery pack <laughs> that went with it. And I took the thing on a like a three-week-long tour, and I filmed all this stuff. And I have been lamenting the loss of it because I perused all this stuff that I had because I used to have a TV show on cable access. Really? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Bruce's girlfriend, when we met yesterday to toast him, she goes, I have this VHS video that you shot of one of your tours. And I'm like, oh my, she goes, it's like six or seven hours long. Do you want it? And oh like, my God! I've been looking all over for it, and it's from uh, Rhode Island, somewhere in Rhode Island. We played. It's from New York. It's from Detroit. I mean, it's uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's from all these places. And Were you guys headlining these places or mm-hmm. co-billing or yeah, opening for folks? Co-billing. Uh, we pulled up in front of this place called the Electric Banana in Pittsburgh. Okay. And, I mean, it looked like uh, like a dive Mexican restaurant or something. It was yeah. all boarded up in front. Um, we sat there all day. Finally, about 5.30, somebody showed up, and the stage was big enough for my drums. <laughs> but Jimi Hendrix had played there like the doors all these bands and i'm telling you there was 300 people packed in that place and it was one of the best shows we ever had really i was going to ask you if you had some memorable shows over the years you'd like to share or memorable opening slots yeah well we opened for iggy pop in cleveland in madison um you know, we opened for the Talking Heads at the Longhorn. Uh, you know, it was... What were some of your favorite local places to play? Well, it was always the Longhorn for me. And then um, First Avenue is just... It's just iconic. It, you know, there was a, a few other places. Um, Duffy's wasn't like, you know... But my favorite thing always is drum check at First Avenue. The room is empty. Lauren mixes my drums, and then he just says play, and he just turns them on, and no one's in the building, and your drums are just filling up every inch of space in First Avenue, and it's, I mean, it's, one of those goosebump things. It's oh. just like, you know. And like when we'd start a show there and the curtain would be going up and if we started with music for boys or something yep. that I was starting and 
you just see all the people, you know, bouncing up and down. It was, you know, First Avenue always. Outdoor shows are fun, though, too. It's always fun to play outside. When we played um, the Basilica Block Party. I was there. I went and saw you guys there. And, um, you know, we played the one night, and... Who did they have playing the next night? That the they asked him not to play because the church doesn't see eye to eye. And we played, we headlined the Friday night show, and Jeff came in the dressing room and said, "So and so got canceled, and they need someone to open for Train." They asked if you guys wanted to do it. And I'm like, we get paid again? And he's <laughs> like, yeah. And everybody looked at each other. And we were like, yes, we'll do it. <laughs> and all I could think of is nobody stopped to listen to any of the lyrics on our records <laughs> no. before they offered us the slot. Because if you know if you you know played him Sig Machine or something like that, he would have been we want this band either but it was just funny that somebody got censored and they paid him not to play and then they paid us to play one you know and one really great show that was a a ton a ton of fun was um the replacements REM and us at Harriet Island what yeah that was that was pretty cool. Oh that, my gosh. That was an afternoon show and I think it went in that order. I think it went the mats, then REM and then us. Really? Yeah. And that was that 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 gig went on all night long. <laughs> Definitely all night long. We did a little, uh, just for maybe a couple months, in it was probably in combo for us, and maybe was Murmur R.E.M.'s first record? Or um, Reckoning? I'm not quite no. sure. But uh, we did some shows with them out on the East Coast and around where... Um, like in San Francisco, we opened for them. Okay. In L.A., they opened for us, and wow. we kind of switched back and forth. And it always turned out that whoever was the opening band kind of blew the other band off the stage. <laughs> so it was kind of like after a while, we're, we'd show up at the gig and go, well, we'll play first. And they'd be like, no, we were thinking maybe we'd play first. <laughs> Hugo, you gotta write a book, my friend. These this ridiculous these stories and experiences Michael's you've had. Sitting in a dressing room with Michael Stipe drawing a picture of Bruce on a cocktail napkin. Oh my gosh! Um, so let's say for like for like uh, let's say you're playing the caboose or whatever, and some new people show up, or some new people want to check out the suburbs. 
or I'm telling some friends, let's say they're younger and they want, they're interested in this podcast or want to hear some suburb stuff. I kind of want to ask a question. What, out of all the records you guys put out, what record would you reference a new fan to pick up of the suburbs? Hmm. Well, that's kind of tough, but I have to say my personal favorite's the first one. Really? Is in combo. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a real sensibility of how ripe or not ripe we are or how we're just raw. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of rawness and and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of, you know, variety you get from credit in heaven. But um, I don't know. I really, I think um, I think the first record because it's got a lot of uh, a lot of different Chan and Beach, uh, Chan and Bruce, Bruce, me. There's a lot of different people singing on it. Um, my son is uh, he's 27 years old now, and he's a drummer. Okay. Um, so he's gotten up a few times and and played and and that's kind of been a really like up there moment for me is to turn around and look back and wow my son playing drums and um when we uh when he he played at the caboose at the caboose at the basilica and he was 16 and um he goes, so did I just play in front of like 20,000 people? <laughs> and I went, well, that's what they said. There's 20,000 people here tonight. And he just kind of smiles and goes, I don't need to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, but uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a really good drummer. He plays, you know, many styles. and That's great. You know, People always say, you know, well, you got to be a much better drummer than he is. And I'm like, I'm a better suburbs drummer. But as far as a drummer drummer, he's he can drum circles around me. Wow. That's interesting. Hey, Hugo, I got a question. This is going really, really well. My half my podcast got to be about approximately half hour. I have a few more questions for you. Do you mind if I make this a two-parter? Oh. Hit pause now, take a quick break, and then uh, ask yeah. you a few more questions. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Hugo Claire, for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. We're getting another round of coffee here at the Sparrow Cafe and, and uh, have Hugo on for next week as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. That was Mr. Hugo Clares, legendary drummer for the iconic Minnesota band, The Suburbs. Tune in next week for part two. Story behind the song segment for the week will be covered by Hugo on next week's podcast. But today I'll feature the classic Suburbs track, Rattle My Bones, off of their 1993 live release, Viva La Suburbs. 
Mark Sterry and the Whiskey Roses fans will remember us covering this crowd favorite for years. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Until next time.